Hello and welcome to Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where two Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. We are your hosts, Gustavo and Walter, and today we're going to chat with Father Mark Mary Ames, CFR, about the link between Blessed Solanus Casey and the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by DiscountCatholicStar.com. They are your new go-to online shopping source for all traditional Catholic products. They have Catholic statues for indoor and outdoor use, statues from 8 inches to 24, 36, 48, and 72 inches tall. DiscountCatholicStar.com is your source for traditional Catholic statues. You can get a 15% discount on your first order with free shipping using the discount code BARBATUS, that is B-A-R-B-A-T-U-S. Visit DiscountCatholicStar.com today and use discount code BARBATUS at checkout to get 15 off on your first order. And now, to the show. And today we have a very special guest um, all the way from the Bronx in New York. You may know him from Ascension Presents, his book Habits from, uh, for Holiness, or the Poco Poco podcast. Father Mark Mary, welcome to the podcast. Hey guys, really great to be with you and, and thanks again for, for this invitation. It's amazing that uh, we were able to, to connect and uh, uh, we know that you're coming to Phoenix, but I think that at recording time, you're going to be here uh, over the weekend uh, with the, the Blessed She Gals in the retreat. Um, that, that that's great. That's actually how we we reach out to you to see if we could get coffee. But the ladies are putting you to work, so you're not gonna have that much time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there. <laughs> well, they they own me when I'm out there, and they uh they 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 put me to work for sure. Which yeah, which is great. Except that it didn't allow us to get together. But I'm glad we could make it happen this way. Sometime in the future. It's a great blessing. My wife is gonna be part of that retreat, so I'm, she's really looking forward to it. Oh, excellent. I look forward to meeting her. Yeah. So we'll have Caro give uh, Father Mark Mary uh, some stickers so he, he can bring over too. That's awesome. Um, Good idea. So for those that don't know you, Father, um, can you tell us a little bit about um, where you're originally from? How do you end up with the CFRs? All, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I live now in, in Harlem. I work in the Bronx, live in Harlem. And I'm originally from Southern California, so Orange County, California. And I entered the CFRs in 2009. And so I, I became a postulate, moved to New York 2009, made final vows 2014, and then was ordained uh, 2018. And you know what's actually, uh, you, you guys know In-N-Out Burger, right? They, got, they have In-N-Out oh, Burger yeah. in, in, in Phoenix. It was, it was at In-N-Out Burger. I was like 18, 19. I think it was, I had just turned 19. And it was just after a young adult meeting. And this guy who I only met that one time, he mentioned there's this group of Franciscans out in New York who are like hardcore and sleep on the ground. And, and for me, it was like, it was kind of the most <laughs> hardcore thing I'd heard of for following Jesus. And so I looked the community up that night and read our constitutions, which is like our way of life. And just reading that, it was like, that was like my desires on a piece of paper. And, and so that's actually how I, how I learned about the friars. And then from there, it was just a matter of seeing if basically if, if who they say they are really is who they are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, the, and, the, and, you know, and, and the Lord kind of took me on a, a, a journey finishing college and doing some missionary work. But eventually, I, you know, I did, I did join the friars. And, and, and the reason I came as far as like the most hardcore 
thing I'd heard of. Uh, I don't think that's true anymore. You know, I've met the missionaries of charity who are way more intense than, than we are. Um, but also I realize like the Lord has a, it's really about the Lord. This is how he wants to save me. You know, it's, it's the, the, the reason he calls me to this life isn't for the, the things I can do for him, but the way in which he can keep me close to him and ultimately be for my salvation. That's amazing. Well, we're thankful for your, your priesthood and, and for the work that the CFRs are doing. Um, can you tell us a little bit the the charism of the CFRs? Yeah, I think the way I, I would put it is we um, like we pray together. So that's kind of the, the most important thing. We pray together and, and we have about uh, four or five hours of, of prayer a day, uh, including mass every day together, Eucharist, Holy Hour every day together. And then for, and then we live together. And so that's actually something that I think we do at a pretty high level is our, our commitment to the fraternal life. So we're going to live together. We're going to pray together. We're going to work together. We're going to eat together. And all of that from, from our prayer, from our, our fraternity flows our work, uh, which, which we kind of put as twofold of, of evangelization. So preaching the gospel uh, and then uh, hands-on work with, with the poor. And so we're always going to live in a neighborhood noted for poverty And, and all the brothers are going to have some kind of hands-on work uh, with the materially poor. Is it, is it right that, like, if that uh, community that you are in becomes prosperous, that, that you guys have to, like, pack up and leave? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because it's, it, it's central to who we are and what we feel the Lord's calling us to, to, like, live in neighborhoods noted for poverty. And, and over, we, we were established in 1987. And over the last 30 plus years, there are a couple of neighborhoods that we've had to kind of do some invest investigation on. And like we're, we're noticing a bit of a change. Is it significant enough for us to have to leave? And we haven't really had to pull the trigger yet. Um, but it's something that we do take seriously, for sure. I did not know that. Um, I think when when you were still a brother, uh, you were not yet uh, ordained. You did a video with Ascension Press where you did, told this story about you're really wanting nachos. You were like, in, I don't remember the country in, in, in Central America, uh, but you, you went to, to your room and you prayed for nachos. And the next day you, you got your prayers answered. Ever since that video came out, have people been bringing you nachos because of, of that particular ex experience that you shared? Yeah, 100%. That's actually that was the very, the very, very first video I did with Ascension Presents almost four years ago now, um, the nacho story. But but I still use it. I still use it because, you know, you got to have like a little bit of a fun story. Uh, yeah. and, and people like the nacho one. But one of the results is particularly like when I'm traveling in an area with like a lot of Catholics who know me. I could, mm -hmm. I mean, I could get, I could get nachos four days in a row. <laughs> I can get a lot of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of, a lot of nachos, um, which, which is, which is fun for sure. What is so, one of your other favorite stories other than that one? Well, that's a good, oh, that's a good question. I have another, <laughs> I, have, I have two nacho stories. Um, what would be another, another go to um, that is kind of, kind of fun because uh, a lot of them the, the hard part is this like a lot of the the stories are very kind of intense and so it's like okay. you can't you can't always open with uh you know the people who are shot in Honduras and paralyzed like that's you know uh 
but but that is some of the most beautiful stuff. I think uh, another, I guess one of my other favorites is it was in Postulancy, which is the first, for us it used to be six months, now it's 10 months, but the first phase of, of becoming a friar. And and it's funny, right? Because I talked about how becoming a friar, I was thinking about all of the hardest parts. Like, uh, you know, I wanted, it's going to be a hard thing. I'm going to move across the country, give away my stuff, sleep on a mat on the ground, uh, whatever, live, live in kind of a sparse, austere neighborhood, leave family, all that. Uh, but what's funny is like, when I look at my initial formation, the actual, the moment that was the hardest for me, the thing that was like the very hardest for sure that stands out was the first time I had to sing in public. Uh, you know, I grew up, I, I just grew up good at sports. So I played sports and I grew up not good at singing. And it, it like, I didn't even really listen to a lot of music. It like wasn't on my radar. And so it's the first day I had to lead some prayers with song. And I was like, I was like hyperventilating, restricted breathing, sweating, all, all of that. And, and so that, that's kind of, that's a funny story. Uh, it, it's, and, and the point of it, or kind of what I've taken away, is, is a couple of things, but there's this interesting reality that for the first 24 years of my life, I really never had to do something I wasn't good at in front of people because, like, I was good at sports, so I played sports and I hung out with athletes, right? I wasn't good at singing, so I wasn't in the choir. And it was part of this thing of, like, religious life of all of a sudden, you, you kind of give up control and you have to be put okay. in these situations where you're gonna have to be weak and vulnerable before others. But also it gave me this beautiful experience of like when meet people always see you and meet you like when you're getting straight A's or making all-star teams, like that's one level of affirmation and love. But when your brothers are there for you, like when you're weak and when you're not able to do something, like that's that deeper experience of mercy. And so a lot of my, my time in religious life has certainly been uh, making mistakes and making mistakes in public, but, um, that opening the door to receiving this kind of great love of mercy. That's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. And the life and community, I mean, just, I mean, a father of four living community is, is, uh, uh, challenging when, like you said, you, you give up all of these things and you make yourself vulnerable, like in the domestic church, I'm speaking for myself, obviously. Uh, but all the more when you're living with, I don't know how many how many friars are per per friary in in, in New York. So usually 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 it's four to ten, but in a in a formation house uh, it can be more because of the guy. So I live in a house of twenty. All right, yeah, and and thanks be to God. It looks like there's a lot of vacations for the CFRs. I think I remember you uh, on Instagram you had like profiles of all the postulances, like at least like a dozen, I think. Sounds like that. Well, yeah, last year we had a class of 10. This year's nine. And uh, yeah, it seems like a good number, maybe more than that, are going to be joining us next year. So yeah, the Lord's been been faithful and good and providing. That's beautiful. That's amazing. How many usually make it uh, to the next phase from nine? How many would you say percentage-wise? So, so, so the next phase is novitiate. And actually, usually all of them, at th these days, uh, our understanding of what it takes and setting guys up for success when they join has, has really gotten a lot better. So, so maybe you lose one at the most two, but the last couple of years, nobody's left. Then before vows, you might have one or two guys who discern out. It usually it's about by final vows, it's about a 50% retention rate. 
That's awesome. Um, one one quick question before we get into the topic: the the people get you mixed up with Father Mark Mary uh, from Life on the Rock? People people do not if they see us because he's about like a foot <laughs> a foot taller than I am. Um, <laughs> I got that when I was a brother. Like I answered the phone in the friary, like, "Oh, are you that?" Father Mark Mary? No, that's a different one. Um, so it does it does happen. Uh, we're he's more EWTN. I'm more like, if you will, like Ascension YouTube. So it's not always the same audience, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. He's like the the Mark Mary that is on YouTube, and he's the Mark Mary that is on TV. Yeah, I hope that doesn't happen this weekend, Father. I, I, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I think like, this, <laughs> you're. You're not the Mark Mary I was coming to see. <laughs> right, right. Could you imagine? It's like, I want my money back. I thought it was the other Mark Mary. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is funny. Um, all right. So so getting a little bit in, in, into the topic, we want to talk about the link between Blessed Salinas Casey and, and the CFRs. And um, Father, you made us aware of, of this book uh, by Father Benedict Rochelle, um, which is called uh, travelers along the way and oh, no. the other one i'm sorry I, I put up the other one uh walter oh yeah we'll talk about that one <laughs> later uh, as father innocent uh spoke which we'll get to it gustavo you're too excited yeah, yeah 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 um travelers along the way father benedict grishel talks about um all these people that he has met in 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 his life and uh there's some really funny stories on that um but on the on the chapter, he has a the chapter about Blessed Solanas Casey, and it opens up the, the chapter by putting Solanas at the same level of holiness as St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta. I was like, okay. Um, can 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 you tell us uh, what's your 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 experience? Like you met Father Benedict Rochelle. Is it something that is um um was like present in, in your formation to, to talk about like Franciscan saints, especially American saints, like uh, blessed last Casey. It, you know, um, so father Benedict also has another book called like saints along the way. Uh, and so he has the unique experience of, you know, uh, for most of us meeting somebody like blessed Solanus Casey would be like, uh, obviously like the holiest person we've ever met. And, and so, but, but he also, you know, had spent some time with mother Teresa and things like that. So, I, I certainly, Blessed Solanus Casey and some of the stories were definitely passed down. You know, um, I actually, I entered in 2009, which would have been after Father Benedict had been like, he had a car accident, stroke, all that. So I didn't have like the prime Father Benedict, like, but we still had class with him every week, but kind of the one that was really kind of a heavy hitter for a number of years. But definitely there's stories of Mother Teresa. There's a lot of stories of like, other Capuchins who, who kind of, they grew up around and then, and then occasionally, you know, Father Benedict would share, uh, about, just, uh, there, you know, a couple stories of, of Blessed Solanus Casey. One of the, there's a, there's a group of sisters called the Franciscan Sisters of the Renewal. And they actually just took over a convent that has mm-hmm. like a church attached to it where, where Solanus was assigned. And so he had, he'd celebrated mass there as well. So that's, and it's called Blessed Solanus Casey uh, convent now. Oh, that's awesome. And I have to make a pilgrimage to Detroit and then to New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, that's the, there's like three stories that, that caught my attention in that chapter. The chapters are uh, 
it's a it's a very easy read for anyone that is listening that wants to pick up the book. It's it's a very fun read. Um, there there's this uh, story about uh, Father Benedict Rochelle when he's I think he's an novitiate at this point in in Indiana, where Father Salinas Casey at the time was uh, pretty much living there, retired priest kind of situation, um, and Father Benedict couldn't sleep. Um, and it was like 2 a.m. in the morning. He goes to the chapel, turns on the light, finds Solanus Casey kneeling uh, at, at the top step in front of the tabernacle with arms stretched out in a clear ecstasy. He didn't even notice that, that he was there. And, and Father Benedict talks about like this uh, kind of like guilt of, of seeing something that he was not supposed to see. There's so, such an intimate moment with, with the Lord. Um, but then he talks about how the Lord allowed him to witness that so then he could be a witness to his canonization uh, process. So that just like blew me away that it, to come so close to encounter someone that holy, that has to change you, period. <laughs> mm-hmm. That That is, that is um, I don't know, Gustavo, do you have anything to follow? Yeah, up? I mean, just to have the the opportunity, like you said, to, to witness and become a witness. I think it's very important. And the, the guilt part, uh, on, on the part of, uh, uh, Father Benedict, I, 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 I think it's warranted because I would have been the same. I'd have been like, I, what do I do with this now? You know, because it's supposed to be his only, um, but, but thank God for that, you know, because I think that really puts us on on a level where we can interiorize and say, what am I doing to get even remotely close to that? You know, so if Father Benedict was at the door and Blessed Solomon's Casey was, like you said, at a point of ecstasy in front of the Blessed Sacrament, um, how, how much more can that bring me closer to God? So the witness for me, it's really, really important. And that part of the book definitely stood out for me as well. Yeah, and I think there's something beautiful about, you can see... Uh, the Lord's kind of foresight, right? That uh, uh, no doubt he knew what he was going to be continuing to do in, in Solanus Casey's life and and uh, eventually his, you know, beatification. Um, but also, you know, the Lord also ultimately knew what would become a Father Benedict and that he would be uh, this priest with this large platform and, and, you know, allowing him to experience it. Because in a sense, it seems like maybe for the Lord, it wasn't just... For like he didn't want this just for blessed Solanus Casey, but he wanted to to share it uh, with with others as well. Almost like a kind of a a continuation of like the transfiguration, where if you will, like Jesus mm-hmm. brings up a few close friends, and and from that he he reveals kind of this more intimate relationship that he had with his father. That he he does that as well with Solanus Casey by allowing Father Benedict to arrive there. But also, I think you know um, even perhaps more importantly, and I think his book. Friends along the way is a great uh, gives a great witness to this, right? We're all who we become is, is so much influenced and and strengthened and encouraged by those who we do meet along away all along the way, and and Father Benedict really he he became a significant figure in the church, and and really I think his life bore a lot of fruit, and and no doubt it was by actually having him assigned and spend this time with Solanus Casey that in a special way uh, he was also given some of what he needed to become the man that the Lord wanted him to be. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
there's a second story about bees, which um, this is, this sounds like kind of like you can make a movie out of this uh, the life of Les Salinas Casey because it it sounds kind of fantastic in a way. So it, in this particular scenario, there's a beehive that is out of control, and they take <laughs> it's kind of funny they take all the the all the guys from from the novitiate. It's like okay. Put on this protective gloves and and the the thing on the top of your heads and go figure out why the bees are like going crazy, and and all of these uh, uh, guys from the novitiate go into uh, the the orchard or whatever, and then Father Salanas just goes in there, no gloves, no protection, no nothing. He's like, oh, I know what's going on. There's two queens. Let me put my hand on the hive. And just like very gently take one of the queens out, put it in a his handkerchief, and uh, put it in his in, in his pocket, and then all the bees like just calm. He has like a, a what Father Benedict describes as like a beard of bees, um, and and he was not stung. And and the thing that he mentions that that kind of like stuck with me is like everyone else thought that that was normal. It's like this is no big deal. It's just Father Solana's, you know, hanging out with the bees and not getting stung. Like when you see kind of like uh, miracles like that, if you would consider it miraculous that someone is goes on unharmed from interacting with the hive of bees. Uh, to me, it was like, well, you need to pay attention because miracles are happening in 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 this sort of like little hidden ways that sometimes we don't have the eyes to see them which is i don't know it, it's it's very in, awe-inspiring i i think for my for my part uh it'll make an amazing movie for sure i mean uh, father salinas casey's story and that's what kind of drew us to him when we first started the podcast to be honest that that type of hiddenness you know that was um flying under the radar, but the simplicity and just the love that he has in his eyes, you know, he's, he's uh, obviously the, the patron saint of this podcast. And we've done several episodes uh, talking about his life and, and we've commented many a time that when his canonization happens, that's going to be party time for us as it will be for many of, of your brothers as well over there. Um, but in terms of like that that hiddenness, it's it's the subtlety for me, you know, that that Solana's had with with the way he carried himself, just being very open and having a listening heart for all the people he encountered. So it's it's no doubt, you know, that the bees were definitely feeling that presence and and he had that confidence, you know, that he could make a difference even in that small sense. Uh, among uh, ruckus of a of a beehive, you know, because he made that in people's ruckus of a life, you know, he made that difference with them, and and yeah, it's it's we can't wait till that day, you know, we're gonna be so happy, and and heaven will rejoice, you know, because it's he's just there, he's just there um, where he's supposed to be. Have you guys talked much about him being ordained a simplex priest? Uh, yeah, we when we did the introductory episode on him, uh, that was one of the things that 
Gustavo and I, we, we talked about like his humility that mm -hmm. is like inspiring to us, just how he was called the brother that says mass. That kind of like, it, it's kind of gut-wrenching when you think about how he was ordained as simplex priest, not able to hear confessions, not able to, um, uh, what was the other thing that he couldn't do? Do a doctrinal sermon. Oh, preach, preaching, right? He couldn't mm -hmm. preach. Um, so that he would get jobs like uh, taking care of the altar service, which usually would be done by a lay person, or he would be like the, uh, uh, like the, I, the word is escaping me. Um, uh, like the, the person that the sacristan or the porter the sacristan. Sac the sacristan yeah um and he accepted all of those things um in very humble obedience so yeah so those are the things that to me i'm like i i need to be humble like salinas you know mm -hmm. accepting all of those things and doing all out of love of god and now that you that something just clicked uh that i remember when you said about like um that you you were self aware of your singing, um, Solana's in his violin playing that he would play the violin, and uh, there are like accounts on uh, other brothers that says like he was not very good, <laughs> honestly, like it's just like screeching the violin, and but he would play for the Lord in 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 the choir loft in in the chapel, but this is just like that witness to like everything that you have, give it to the Lord. And, and he's going to make something beautiful out of it. Um, but yeah, the, the, him being a, a simplex priest and not not being able to do that. And just the humility of him writing letters to his superior saying, I wish for the priesthood, but if you think that I'm not fit for it, I will go without. That to me is just mind blowing because pride, right? It's like I I enter here to become this, and I'm not getting it. Could, he could easily discern out, right? Like peace. I'm gonna go do something else. Mm -hmm. uh, but he did not. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and and actually, I think there's a, a real depth of meaning to the whole violin story, right? So the, the the understanding is he he picked it up, he enjoyed it, he wasn't good at it. The brothers didn't like listening to it, but he would still he would just go and play for the Lord in the chapel. And right, and isn't I think that's that's very kind of um, representative of kind of his whole life. Is there was this, uh, if you will, the, the world, even the even the brothers, uh, they they didn't see anything particularly special or gifted about him, but he he still just took what he had and and in like freedom, knowing the authentic heart of his heavenly Father, he still just went and shared it with him. And it's, you know, it's okay. You know what? Maybe the, the rest of the brothers of the world may not appreciate this, but, but I know you, like you still enjoy hearing me sing and you still enjoy hearing me play. And, and I'm happy just to do it for you. Um, it, it reminds me actually this, it's just, it's just this really kind of humble and innocent, uh, kind of lack of, 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 of guile or putting on airs, which I see if, if you know, do you know the missionaries of charity at all? Have you come across them? Um, I don't know them that much. There's, they, they're just like, <laughs> they're just really simple and innocent and like their, their decorations and their singing and their holy cards and all that are just like, they're not great. <laughs> they're just like, they're just not great, but they, and they're they're but they sing with, with their hearts, which is this radical kind of like childlikeness. And one of my favorite gifts I have, I'm, I'm showing the guys this, if you know, I know our listeners are listening to it is just, I went and celebrated a mass for the sisters. 
and and the mother superior gave me this little uh it's it's a it's it's a little like one decade rosary and what i love about it is they obviously they ran out of beads of the wood beads after six and then they had these like little kind of plastic blue ones that they just finished it with and it's like this is not this is not something particularly special right it's it kind of it's like it's you know it's like not a well-made thing but she's still like here you go father here's a gift for you like just just yeah. this like radical freedom to to be like poor and to be humble and just to to give what we have even if it's not pretty or if it's very little well to the standards That's of the amazing. world right i mean i think there's there's a disconnect between worldly beauty and and heavenly beauty and I think that's what Solana's in his knowledge of God, you know, and the way he gave himself, he just knew that. He just knew that. And I think that's might be one of his biggest uh, attributes, you know, in contributions, because we are, we are conditioned by our culture to be perfect to, to, and, and there's nothing wrong with, with uh, striving for perfection in your life and what you do and your job and, and, and having a better prayer life and in, incorporating different uh, um, practices to your faith that elevate it. But who are you elevating them to? You know, are you elevating yourself or are you putting yourself out there in service of the Lord? You know, because sometimes we want to have the prettiest rosary. So people have to see that we have the prettiest rosary, but the one you just showed, the one decade that has like, mismatched uh, uh, beads, beads you know so, something that you would see in a store and you were like this is new you know how do you pray this one it's like six brown ones and four blue ones what is the meaning of that <laughs> but well blue is for mary obviously yeah <laughs> but that that uh, um acknowledgement that yeah like walter said you know we're we're we want to offer to god our best every day and he'll make something good out of it. You know, it's just make me good wine, Lord, like you mentioned one time in, in an episode, Walter, you know. So and 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 to be a worthy offering, you know, if if he yeah. if he thinks we can we can carry his message, he'll find a way of doing it. We don't we just gotta step out of the way and let the Holy Spirit do the work. You know, he wants willingness and 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 simplicity of heart. And and I think Solano's had like boatloads of that of those two things <laughs> yeah what you usually say is like lord take this dirty water and make it into wine because you know the, the washing vessels yeah wedding okay and my wife likes to uh say lord i'm running out of wine which, that's her prayer so <laughs> when the kids are getting crazy mm -hmm. um uh all right one one last one because i think this one's pretty funny and i hadn't uh, heard about this particular story about Solanas. Um, there's this guy, Jimmy, who's a homeless person uh, that the friars took in. They they gave him a room. They gave him a job. He was just like sweep the, the friary. Um, and Solanas has, uh, had a reputation of like being able to tell the future. I remember this little vignette where the sisters uh, would like go and say goodbye to him. And if Solanas would say like, see you next year, they would be assigned to that same parish, but if he just said goodbye, they knew that they were going to be transferred to some some other assignment. So that was kind of funny that they knew, like, oh, go say goodbye to him, and then you know your future kind of situation. Um, but one day, 
Father Solanus um, uh, tells Jimmy about a widow from the Third Order of St. Francis that needed a good husband to help her on her farm. And then he, Father Benedict goes on to say that that was the last time they saw Jimmy. So I was like, all right, not going to mess with this. Peace. Thanks for the room, guys. But uh, I don't think I'm called to, to marriage. And, you know, that to me, that's a smart man. Because why would you play with fire? <laughs> you know, marriage is not for everybody. That's all I'm going to say about that. And uh, uh, speaking of fire, that's, that's, a, that's a nice segue. We can get into... Um, talking about um, something that I don't want us to run out of time to, to talk about this, but let's talk about Born of Fire for for a little bit. Um, Father Mark Mary, can you, can you tell us a little bit more about this book? Yeah, so the the postulants, as I, as I mentioned, uh, every year, um, for the last, last four, three or four years, I guess we'll call it three years because COVID made it not possible one year. A father innocent who's the postulant director. He takes our men on this, this three week um, backpacking trip. He takes them into the, into the Utah desert. And it's very much uh, a kind of uh, an imitation of Jesus's own journey to the desert. But it's also kind of like this like man camp where it's just, it's good for men to do hard things together. And, and there's a way in which, it's it's uh it's in November. It's it's cold. Uh, you don't take a shower or anything like that for all three weeks. You're at times carrying fifty to seventy five pounds on your back. You're you're doing some rappels or rock climbs, things with heights that if you're struggling with, um, you know, if you if you're afraid of heights, like there's just this whole like I kind of like to talk about this journey into the desert as like idol hunting. Like there's this this challenge that's set up that whatever your idol is, if it's comfort, if it's isolation, if it's security, if it's what whatever it is, like it's going to come to the surface and it's going to create the space to kind of allow the Lord to speak into that. And so what what's happened is after doing that for a number of years, and it's done with this group called Core, which leads these mission, these uh, these kind of wilderness mission experiences, um, is Father Father Innocent took some of the wisdom and the lessons of it particularly kind of the the identity journey for men and and put it into this this lenten devotional called born of fire to help make some of what kind of we experience what we've learned accessible to as many men as possible have you been on on these uh trips with them yeah yeah i i i went on on this last one this this past november i knew we were going to be talking about it and so i you know i i figured i had to experience it <laughs> but, but but also I was with the guys when they came back last year and we were talking about it a little bit on our podcast in Lent. And there's this whole thing of like, okay, it's hard, but it's good. It's hard, but it's good. And I felt the Lord essentially speaking to my life. Like, are you only going to do like the hard things when I force you to? Like, would you, are you only going to go in the <laughs> desert because somebody makes you go by obedience? Or can you recognize the good and still freely choose the hard thing because you know it's, there's a greater good. And so I think that that was kind of the Lord's invitation for me. Nice. Um, I started reading it, um, getting uh, prepared for, for our conversation. And um, I think that those dimensions of the identity of, of men are super important for, for men to recognize uh, I mean, this is what we are trying to do here with the podcast, trying to inspire as many men as we can to like actually step up 
live their faith, lead families, being the, the priest of their domestic churches. Um, that Those dimensions of like father, son, brother, um, I forgot what the other husband, uh, husband, a prof, not prophet, the new man, something like that. Um, I think that that is so refreshing to see because, you know, living a crisis of manhood where like masculinity is considered toxic and all these other things that the world is telling us. But really, we need to strive to, to be all of those things uh, for the sake of our families, our wives, um, our sisters, the world, really. Um, but I, I, I do recognize that, that Father Innocent has like this way of like talking about the masculine heart in such a way that at least to me is like very, um, it motivates me to want to do that. And I think that's one of the fruits that I have, uh, I have had, uh, by listening to you guys in the Paco Paco podcast, um, that it, it, it is like this intimacy with God that sometimes men are not, we're not vulnerable enough to, to be like, well, that's, you know, that, that sounds like effeminate to like be intimate with the Lord, you know, but, but in reality, we are all called to that. We're called to intimacy with God in, in, and it's like, you know, this is going to sound like kind of dumb, but it's like real men wear pink kind of situation, you know, it's like, you're very like affirmed in your masculinity that you can wear pink. It's a very dumb example, but kind of get what I'm trying to say, right? <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tracking, you know, and, and maybe right. The, the, the foundational part of the identity of, of all men is son. Right. And, and, you know, even like Jesus who, who enters into the waters of baptism for us. Right. It's at that moment that the, our heavenly father, like he rends open the, he rends, he rends open the heavens and he speaks, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And, and right. Uh, Jesus knew this at a level uh, by his by his very nature, um, but he 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 does this for us, and it's like we all need to hear these words from our heavenly Father: "You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased." Like, like it, we you are not tougher than Jesus. You are not more masculine than Jesus. You you know what I mean? It's like it really it like we 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 need to hear this. We need to know um, the fullness and experience that we are sons and that we are beloved in our father's eyes. And this is something for, um, this is, this is something for all men. Yeah. Um, so check it out. It's, uh, you can get it. I mean, by this, by the time that this episode comes out, you might not be able to get it, uh, by Lent, by the beginning of, of Lent, but, uh, born firebook.com born firebook.com. So you can go get it, and uh, it's published by uh, Blessed is She, right? That's it, a that's a fun collab. Yeah, yeah. It's a Blessed Are We uh, production. Uh, <laughs> Blessed is She was was very good and helpful. For, uh, they're they're very good friends of ours. That's amazing. It's an awesome read. Uh, and, um, I, I'm sorry, as a as a graphic designer uh, by trade, um, the design of the book is phenomenal. You know, just the photography of it, the the layout. Um, it's it's really inviting, you know, and I think it's it's well worth worth your time if you're looking for something um, new, you know, to try out this Lent. Um, we really encourage it because it's it it guides you through it uh, week by week, uh, starting with like Ash Wednesday. So yeah, it's it's a phenomenal tool 
for for living a, a more meaningful and deeper Lent. Yeah, I appreciate that. And and yeah, and so- one of the things that that I feel great about as well is we we flew out some of these guys who do this for a living, who lead people in the desert, and and our whole. Our, our, for our podcast, our whole Lenten series is going to be like just taking one of these at a time and just going deeper. So I think that there's uh, the resource itself uh, has a lot to offer, but also it's going to be part of this kind of broader kind of conversation and, and uh, kind of mentorship in this. It's like a companion to the book. Exactly. So, so stay tuned to the Poco Poco podcast. You can listen it on every place that you listen to podcasts um, with uh Father Mark Mary, obviously, Father Innocent, Father Angelus, which honestly, when I'm listening to it, I cannot differentiate when one of the two is talking. It's like so confusing. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Yeah, that's Still. that's it's it's funny because when I, I've lived with them a couple of years, like from one word I can tell who's who. Like, you know, I mean, like you we sometimes can forget that because they're they're triplets and they also have like twin voices. They do they do sound a lot alike. <laughs> um but sometimes they have other uh, brothers and, uh, and and other priests from the CFRs in there. It's just tells the truth. Is, is Father PT one of like the audience favorites when he's Every, on the episode? Do you see like a spike? Everybody loves Father. Listeners? Everybody loves Father PT. He's he's the coolest. He's the smoothest. Um, he's yeah. He's 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 my he's probably my probably my best friend uh, within the community. So uh, yeah, but uh, people like him a lot for sure. That's awesome. Um, and also, if you guys haven't checked out, there's another podcast by the Friars called From the Friars. Um, that's a, the first podcast that I started listening from from the CFRs. And it was mostly homilies from uh, Father Jeremy and Father Luke Mary. Exactly. Fletcher. Which, if when you see him next, please tell him that he's my beard goals. Just oh oh he. When I first saw him, I was like, yeah. oh my goodness, that I aspire to have a beard as magnificent as his. He he knows his beard is the the envy of many men. <laughs> That's very funny. We should just have All him right. on the podcast just to talk about his beard. Oh. Just, you know, it would be like a very short one. It's like, okay, what's your uh, beard care routine, Father? Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man, that sounds so vain. Um Okay, Father, where can people find uh, all of the CFR books, media uh, available? Yeah, I think actually the best place to go that's kind of our hub would be uh, our Instagram. So it's uh, CFR underscore Franciscans. And that's kind of where we we um, kind of promote and that's kind of the easiest one-stop shop. Uh, I, I certainly think that um, the Poco Poco podcast is is something that I believe in pretty deeply as well. Awesome. Do you speak Spanish, Father? You know, that's I, I lived in Honduras two years as a friar, but that was about eight years ago. So I used to be pretty good. At this point, it is very rusty. <laughs> I, I see that the, the, you usually rock out like Guadalupana uh, when you, you guys go around singing. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Cause, and we have, we have you know, uh, one of our brothers from Mexico. I, I live with one from Venezuela, from Guatemala. Uh, so we, we have some brothers who make sure that their, their uh, cultures are represented. That's amazing. That's yeah, awesome. It's like, oh, okay, it's not just for Christmas or for Lady of Guadalupe. Mm-hmm. You just like rock it out. And it's, it's, it's a good reminder that it's not just for those things you can sing to Mary every day. Yeah. 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 So hopefully we want to start doing some more content in Spanish here for, for the Spanish speaking audience. 
we are, after all, two Mexican dads that talk about fatal loving cultural culture, and we talk a lot about it in English. So once you brush up on that Spanish, we'll have you on on an episode just speaking full Spanish. Oh, I in español. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm doing part of a like a, a bilingual wedding in August, so I gotta I gotta be working on it. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'll make it the podcast levels. But we got, I got, I got <laughs> we got guys because there's and there's such a need for Spanish content. Such a need for sure. There is, yeah, yeah. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you. Um, and uh, w would you mind uh, giving our listeners and our, and us uh, your, your priestly blessing? Yeah, absolutely. Heavenly Father, through the prayers of all the angels and the saints, especially the seraphic saints, blessed Solanus Casey, St. Francis, St. Mother Teresa, we ask your benediction upon all listeners. And may Almighty God bless you all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 We want to thank you for listening to this episode of Barbatos Catholic Podcast, the show where two Mexican dads talk about faith, life, and culture. If you like the podcast or got something out of this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Subscribe, like, comment, rate, and review if you haven't. If you don't like the podcast, well, just keep it to yourself and let other people make their own mistakes. Um, we have consolidated all of our links in one handy URL. Go to direct.me forward slash barbatus to check out the show notes, social media, how to support the podcast, the spirit moves you, and more. And bless us, Lance Casey. Pray for, Pray us. for us. Until the next time.